Ay mi. Ay mi. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In the name of Allah, the beneficent of mercy, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is his message. Assalamu alaikum, my dear brothers and sisters. And once again, Ramadan Mubarak. This is your brother Abdul Mutakir Muhammad welcoming you to our humble Ramadan prayer line entitled The Ummah Reflects. We first want to begin by thanking Allah for allowing us to partake again in this beautiful fast of Ramadan. We want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule and being with us this morning. And we pray that our time together will be beneficial in our growth and development as believers in Allah. Dear brothers and sisters, we were blessed to hear from our sister, Dr. Sophia Shabazz, yesterday, who based her beautiful talk on Surah 3, Ayat 13. We're in Allah. Wherein our beloved Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, says from Allah to the believers, if you love Allah, follow me. Allah will love you. He said that an essential quality for any leader or servant must have, or that any leader or servant must have is love. She said that throughout this Holy Quran, Allah warns us about loving those things that are in opposition to what Allah loves and what Allah commands us to do. She, cite, she cited our brother, Imam Sultan Rahman Muhammad, wherein he said, if we don't hate what Allah hates, then Allah might hate us. A terrifying thought. She said there are times when we cannot straddle the fence lest we risk finding ourselves on the wrong side of Allah's wrath and the object of his hatred. Whoa, another terrifying thought. She said that this ayah teaches us that love places a duty on the one who loves. And love is sustained by certain actions from the recipient of love. She said the if-then relationship is clearly spelled out. If you love Allah, then follow his messenger. If we follow Allah's messenger, then Allah will love us and grant us protection from our sins. He said one of the most difficult relationships we have is the one we have with ourselves. She cited where we always say from my beloved prophet, we say that a Muslim is not a Muslim until he or she wants for her brother or sister what they want for themselves. She said, but we cannot properly demonstrate love for anyone when we don't properly love ourselves. <clears throat> the facts of our condition make it clear that we don't love ourselves enough, nor do we believe that we are worthy of being the people of God's choice. She said that some of her greatest frustrations as a physician comes from watching people that she loves pursue death. And she said that scientific studies have linked low self-esteem to 
unhealthy behaviors like overeating and promiscuity and substance abuse. And our beautiful sister said that we cannot build a secure community or nation if we are not healthy. And that poor health is a national security threat. I want to say that again. He said that poor health is a national security threat. She then cited our guest speaker from day two, Imam Siraj Wahad, who encouraged us to increase the pace of our dawah efforts and said that when we follow the example of the Holy Prophet, we demonstrate a love for humanity with charitable deeds. And she then said that many, many of our brothers in the FOI speak of their experiences when they go out with the final call. And she encouraged the brothers. She said that regardless of the way that our people are acting, they are beloved by Allah enough that Allah sent you to go rescue them from this sin sick world. And our sister, I will close with these words. She said that there is healing power in love. And let us learn to love ourselves and show love to our brothers and sisters by meeting their needs and calling them to the beautiful face of the club. We thank Allah to our, for our brothers, our sister, Sister Sophia, for her beautiful words with us yesterday. We thank Allah for our guest speaker today. Take us further to our program will be our brother and friend that I'm always glad to hear from, Brother Abdul Akbar Muhammad, Brother Akbar. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, sir. Ramadan Mubarak. Ramadan Kareem, my brother. Uh, first, I want to thank Allah for blessing uh, me and those around me and those who I love and know in my family to be able to get up on another beautiful Ramadan day and enjoy this fast and the challenge of the fast. I really appreciate the words of Dr. Shabazz, really beautiful words to help us all as we struggle with the forces of life and death. Uh, really beautiful words. I don't want to take too much time in the introduction. I want to give him all of the time that he needs to say the words that he needs to say and the words he's been blessed with from Allah. And that is our brother, uh, student minister, Salam. I always want to call him Dr. Salam, and he is the doctor. Uh, one thing I'd like to say in this challenge of, of Ramadan is that Every day is a victory for you. If you go ahead and challenge, you can use it. It's not a, a problem. You're not in pain. But this fast is a challenge to our ability to stay on the mustaqim, the straight path, and to be able to challenge our appetite when we get hungry. Uh, the experience that I had in New York with Minister Farrakhan uh, hopefully will live with me and my children forever. And one of those, Brother Salam, today I'm surely, uh, will surely talk about a part of it, uh, is that when the minister went out into the streets of New York, this was a beautiful sight. The brothers in the mosque had a lot of work to do. 
when the, you build a mosque or a mosque, the first thing that you do is you build a school. And the school is centered around the mosque and the believers who are there. The school is most important. They call it in the Muslim world, madrasa. And all mosques have a madrasa because the future of our nation, our brothers and sisters, is based on what we bring to the table, especially education. So in New York, we were really working in the minister's way of doing things and showing love and appreciation to the believers who was helping him to do the messenger's work. One of the things we talked about was the people in the street. And so we went into the streets and we saw the brothers and sisters who have been victimized by drugs and other ills of society. And we went and we talked to them. One of the sites that you see, if you see the film or the production, is the brothers in the street walking up to the minister and wiping their hands on their chest, trying to clean their hands before they shook his hand. And he was a source of inspiration to many of them who wanted to get out of the lifestyle that they were in. And uh, to see this, to witness this, and to watch them turn their life around by the power of the words of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is a beautiful sight. We hope and pray to Allah that we can have a full production of what took place in New York in those days. And the brothers and sisters at the mosque, those at the school and those brothers and sisters that attended the mosque, they wanted to go in the street and to do this. They wanted to show what Islam had done for them and how it had turned their lives around. And to witness that and to see it, lo and behold. So I thank Allah for giving us this type of opportunity. And I thank Allah for giving us a brother in New York from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Minister Louis Farrakhan, who could make this real in our life. Going through my pictures, I saw a picture of a sister in the streets of New York on 8th Avenue on 132nd Street. And this sister was trying to get away from the drugs and she clinged uh, to the Muslims because we were the people who could give her hope that she could do it. She could turn her life around. So God has blessed you and you are fortunate and you have the things that you need and God has given you children. Then look at that as a blessing and keep working to change the reality of others who want to change but may feel they don't have the strength to change. But I'm here to tell you that you do have the strength to change. And so we can do it together as a team. I thank Allah for the words of my brother uh, yesterday, Imam Siraj. And I thank Allah that even though people want to have differences, why do you believe in what you believe? Believe what you want to believe, but do good by the people that you know and your family and your loved ones. So I want to introduce a brother who I really love and respect and watch how he grew in this word. And now he goes all over teaching and people love to him and to see the productions that he had put together on the nation of Islam. So I would like to, at this time, introduce um, Brother Salam, Brother Student Minister Salam from Baltimore. And uh, Brother Salam, if you're there, 
You can go right ahead. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani r-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillahir Rabbil Alamin. Wa ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadar Rasulullah. Assalamu alaykum and Ramadan Mubarak. Oh dear brothers and sisters, I'm happy to be here once again on this beautiful platform now. The Ummah reflects formally the Ramadan prayer line. And so best wishes and congratulations to our sister, Sister Nisa Islam, Muhammad, and all of the uh, staff that has helped her over the years. And to all of those that join in each and every year in finding a, a place of refuge as we have now entered into the holy month of Ramadan. Again, I salute and thank Allah my leader and teacher, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, for if it was not for him, I would not know what I know, and I would not be growing into the man that I wish to become. So I'm internally grateful to him and pray to Allah that he will increase myself and all of those that are with him to be greater helpers in this cause of Islam. So with that, my dear brothers and sisters, we know now that we have entered into the month of Ramadan and we are blessed to see it once again to gain closeness and nearness to Allah and the rewards and the merits that only can be achieved in this month. But though the practices in this month is something that we should consider making sure that we make a part of our daily lives as Muslims all year around. It is in this that the Prophet, peace and prayers be upon him, Muhammad, said to us that the month of Allah, Ramadan, has come with its mercies, blessings, and forgiveness. Allah has decreed this month the best of all months. The days of this month are the best among the days, and the nights are among the best of nights, and the hours during Ramadan are the best among the hours. This is a month in which you have been invited by him to fast and pray. Allah has honored you in it. In every breath you take is a reward of Allah. Your sleep is worship. Your good deeds are accepted and your invocations are answered. So, dear brothers and sisters, what is this Ramadan all about? Of course, we get this command from Allah himself in the Holy Quran, where it reads in chapter 2, verse 185, the month of Ramadan is that in which the Quran was revealed, a guidance to men and clear proofs of the guidance in the criterion. So whoever of you is present in the month, he shall fast therein, and whoever is sick or on the journey, he shall fast a like number of other days. Allah desires ease for you, and he desires not hardship for you, and he desires that you should complete the number and that you should exalt the greatness of Allah for having guided you and that you may give thanks. Dear brothers and sisters, this month will come and it will go by fast. And though many of us 
this may be our first or second time or we've only been fasting a few years and then those of us that have been fasting for several years know that in every Ramadan there's going to be ease and there's going to be hardship. But I'm reminded of the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that he gave us, and I want to make this the crux of this morning, because it is important that we understand this thing called struggle, and in the struggle or the difficulty, there is ease. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in his beautiful self-improvement study guide series in study guide number four, The Struggle for Balance, he talked about the example of the bird. And he said that the bird must obtain its balance before it can fly. We're in this month of Ramadan trying to get recalibrated, rebalanced by gaining closeness and nearness to Allah so that when we walk, when we work, when we do what we do, it will be balanced. It will be in the uh, realm of God and his messenger and not being attracted or distracted by this way of this world, which is on its way out. So the minister says, this is a sign to us in nature that part of the ordained struggle for us includes overcoming the difficulty we must encounter in order to achieve balance. This difficulty must be faced and overcome. And in order to proceed on the journey to meet with Allah, Allah, the minister says, brought us things brought things into existence for the sustenance of man before his creation. That is, we did not earn the things we need and use to sustain life, but out of his beneficence, Allah gave them to us. Out of his beneficence, he has, he has taught the Quran, taught us expression. For this is necessary for our spiritual development, our ability to read, write, and speak, is a divine gift to each one of us for spiritual and mental sustenance, just as the vegetation of the planet is for our physical sustenance. My dear brothers and sisters, we are abstaining from food and water and lawful uh, relations with our spouses in this month, and we may think that this is a hardship, but this is helping us overcome the urges and get control by the building of our will, that if we can overcome this thing for food, for sex, and even to drink when we have a right to it, don't you know we can overcome indecency and evil wherever it comes into our lives? The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan talked about this because it is in this world that the shaitan desires to destroy all righteous relationships. So the minister raised a question. He says, why do our relationships in life invariably bring discontent, dissatisfaction, and in most instances, dissolve? He says, it is because our inclination towards other human beings is not a primary inclination. It is secondary. We cannot find fulfillment in any secondary need if we ignore the primary need. Our primary need is for Allah. Though he is the true center of our existence, we have replaced him with secondary needs, which cannot be successfully done. When we put our personal relationships ahead of our relationships with Allah, we are guilty of shirk, which is the Arabic word for belief in more than one God. 
when we set up gods besides Allah, not only do we bring about the degeneration and destruction of those relationships, but we destroy the hope of a relationship with him. The honorable minister goes on. Then what is the means by which we learn to love our Lord the way we should? How is any true love created, nurtured, brought to fruition? The minister says, by repetition of those actions which increase the bond that is love. This is what Ramadan is all about. Increasing our prayer, keeping our prayer, seeking Allah and reading the book that Allah gave to us through his servant Muhammad that we may grow in its beauties. For in the Quran, there is an answer to everything that we have to overcome. The honorable minister says, the child sucks from the breast over and over again. Each time the child draws the milk and the satisfaction that comes with it, the child's love for its mother grows. Her love for the child grows. And as she draws satisfaction from giving him the milk, our love, the minister says, for Allah is nurtured by the repetition of acts and devotion to him. Each time we pray and draw the incredible feeling of happiness and satisfaction that comes from prayer, our love for him grows. Each thing we do in his way increases our love. And as our love for him grows, we recognize him as a true, as the true center of our existence and the source of balance in our lives. Once we are right with him, and only when we are right with him, do we have a hope of right relations with others. So my dear brothers and sisters, as I close, I want us to recognize what Allah says in the Quran, that he is close to us as our own juggler vein, our own life vein. He's that close always, but we become remote from him. And in, in this month of Ramadan, we can come back closer in proximity near to him that we may bask in his light basking in, in his warmth in this cold and evil world. So I close with a short dua that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad mentions to us in his flagship book, Message to the Black Man in America, on page 160. He says here that this is a, a verse from the Quran, but he says that this is also a prayer. Let us recite it often. So I close with this dua, asking that Allah bless us with a successful Ramadan, causing us to have our eyes, our ears open to truth in this month and resist the inclination towards indecency and evil. So Allah says in the Quran that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad gives us as a prayer, our Lord impose not on us afflictions which we have not the strength to bear and pardon us and grant us protection and have mercy upon us. Thou art our patron, so grant us victory over the disbelieving people. May Allah bless us all in this holy month of Ramadan. As-salamu alaykum. Wa alaykum salam, Brother Imam Sultan, Chief Minister Imam Sultan Rahman, I mean, Imam Abdul Salam Muhammad. Well, thank Allah. We thank Allah for your beautiful, beautiful words with us this morning. 
May Allah continue to bless you, brother Imam. All praises are due to Allah. We now ask our brother, brother Jalil, to give us what we affectionately call the hadith of the day, brother Jalil. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brother Musaka, and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all of those on the Ramadan line, the Ummah reflects. We thank Allah for this day, and we thank Allah for allowing us to be a part of this newly created day that he has created, especially for us. And we ask Allah for his help, for he is the best of those that offers help. We praise Allah, and we thank Allah, and we seek Allah's help from the evil of our bad deeds, the consequences of those bad deeds. And we seek Allah's forgiveness, for he is the best of those that forgive. I testify, bear witness, that there is no God but Allah. He's God all by himself. He has no partner. He has no equal. And I solidify that point by saying that Muhammad ibn Abdullah is his servant and honored messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. The truest book anywhere found, dear brothers and sisters, the most accurate book anywhere found, the best book anywhere found is the book of Allah. And the best guidance can be found from Muhammad ibn Abdullah, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He teaches us that every made-up thing in religion is a going astray, and every going astray shall lead to the hellfire. May Allah protect all of us from going astray, or Allah, I mean. Dear brothers and sisters, we thank Allah for the words coming from our dear brother, Imam Abdul Salam. We thank Allah for the wisdom coming from those words, and we thank you for we thank Allah for gifting us with these words. And he spoke about the brothers and sisters, the need and the necessity of being balanced in our lives and in our religion. And I guess it's apropos to speak about a hadith of being balanced in our lives and in our religion. During the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, dear brothers and sisters. The Prophet when he was anointed to be the Prophet and appointed over people who needed the Prophet, he acquired companions, the Sahaba, who were trusted confidants, loyal confidants of his, people that he had fell in love with, brothers that he had fell in love with because they sacrificed their lives to bring him protection and offer him weighty advice. But as he had these type of companions, so it is he had enemies as well. Enemies who fought against him in striving to establish Islam. And one such enemy, dear brothers and sisters, was a man by the name of Thumama Ibn Uthal. He was a beast. And he hated the Prophet وسلم, and he hated the companions. He hated Islam. And one day, the brothers and sisters, the Prophet وسلم, sent out eight letters to various kings and the rulers in the Arabian Peninsula. And one such person was Caesar Rome. But the other person that he sent of the eight was to Sumama ibn Abdul. And he sent a letter to them expressing straight words, telling them to accept Islam, recognize Islam is the religion of Allah, 
and recognized that he was the Prophet وسلم, and recognized that Islam will rule the day. Well, this drew, drew the angst of these kings and rulers, but it didn't draw the angst like it drew the angst of Thumamba ibn Usal. He was peeved at this letter. And when the letter was delivered to him by, the message, by one of the couriers, when he received the letter and read the letter, he bought it up, threw it down on the ground, and promptly killed the courier who brought the letter to him. Just like that. His balance was off because his anger had allowed his equilibrium to falter. So that man was dead, and he was a companion of the Prophet When word got back that this man was killed, the Prophet was irate. And then he said that Sumaba Ibn Usar's blood was halal now, meaning he was had every right to be killed. Retribution had to be made. And Sumama knew this. So time had passed, dear brothers and sisters. Time had elapsed and time had gone on. And one day Sumama decided to go make Umrah to Mecca. Now their Umrah, the disbelievers Umrah was different than ours. They went to go make Umrah to the idol and sacrifice to the idol. And when he went, he took a few brothers with him, two of his, few of his brothers with him. And on the way, they ran into some companions of the Prophet and they recognized that these were enemies of Islam and enemies of the Prophet but they did not know that of that party, Sumama was there. So they captured him. They didn't know what to do with him, so they decided they would take them back to the Prophet Sallallahu Masjid in Medina. And when they took him back, their brothers and sisters, they had him there, and the Prophet Sallallahu walked in and recognized that this was Tumama. And he immediately told the companions to tie him up to a pole inside of the Masjid as we decide on what we will do with him. And sure enough, they did just that. And so he's tied to the pole, dear brothers and sisters. And the first day he's tied to the pole, the Prophet Sallallahu says, leave him there until we decide on what we'll do with him. So the first day, dear brothers and sisters, the man was watching the people come in and out, the Muslims coming in and out of the masjid, praying and eating and watching them making their salat. He sees them crying and over the book of Allah. But then he notices that they're giving him food and washing his clothes and being mannerable to him, but he was arrogant. When they gave him food, he ate all of it because he didn't have Muslim etiquette and left them without any food. And he threw the bowl back at him. <laughs> so the Prophet walked in one day and he asked him, Muhammad, what are you going to do with me? He said, what do you think I should do with you? He responded by saying, arrogantly, because he had no balance, he said, if you kill me, know that blood will flow all over your land. 
And if you want money for me to be ransomed, I'm holding the bag. I got some paper. I can do that. But if you let me go, know that I'll be one of the grateful ones. The prophet Sallallahu walked away. The next day, the prophet Sallallahu asked him, what should I do with you? And sure enough, he replied in the same manner. The third day, the prophet Sallallahu came in and asked him, what should I do with you? And Sumama said again, if you kill me, blood will flow everywhere. If you want some money, I got the bag. I'm papered up. But if you allow me to leave, I'll be grateful. The Prophet Solomon then said, you are free to go. Go. And he ordered the companions to untie him and give him his camel back, and he left. He was riding away on his camel, dear brothers and sisters, and balance took effect in his life. And he went away, dear brothers and sisters, and he got halfway to his destination, and something happened. That balance had transformed into faith, and he rode back to the Prophet to the Masjid, and declared his shahada and said, Ashadu wa la ilaha illallah wa ashadu Muhammad Rasulullah. And thus he became a Muslim. Your brothers and sisters, you can't be balanced when you're angry. The companions, your brothers and sisters, had every right to kill him, but they were balanced because the Prophet Sallallahu ordered them to leave him alone. I ask a lot of buses to be of those that are balanced. Later on, the brothers and sisters, Dumama, told the Prophet Sallallahu said, there was a time when I despised you more than any man on earth. Now I love you more than anyone. He said, there was a time that I hated your land more than any place on the earth. Now I love your area more than any place on the earth. And there was a time, oh dear Messenger Muhammad, that I hated your religion more than anything on the earth. But now I love your religion. Brothers and sisters, when you accept Islam and live Islam and live the principles of Islam, balance comes in your life. But when you accept Islam and don't live the principles of Islam, your life is unbalanced. When you don't make your salat, when you don't give your charity, when you don't want what you want for your brother, what you want for yourself, you are unbalanced. Ask Allah to bless us to be of those that receive his favor in being balanced. Receive the bounties of Allah in being balanced and receive the favor of Allah in striving to do right by ourselves and do right by our fellow believers. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam, Brother Janil. Thank you for that beautiful story, dear brother. Tape it up, huh? <laughs> praises are due to Allah. That's modern translation. All praises are due to Allah. Now we will ask our sister, Sister Nisa, to give us the fast fact in the Nisa report. Sister Nisa. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. I bear witness there is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his messenger. Our fast fact of the day is acts of worship are for Allah, but we benefit the most. Our purpose in life is to worship Allah. I repeat, Our whole purpose in life is to worship Allah. That's why he created us. We worship Allah for our own good. 
Allah is not in need of our acts of worship. Allah is not bigger, better, more wiser, or more beneficent because of our worship. Worship is a gift. It is a gift we give ourselves for a balanced life. It's self-care at its highest. We obey Allah's command to make salat. We find five minutes or more, five times a day, to pause and pray. Allah deserves that, and we benefit the most. Too often we think, however, we are way too busy, neglectful, don't really believe in Allah, I'm weak, or you fill in the blank for your own situation. We need to control our lives rather than life control us. Mindfulness and meditation are popular buzzwords today. These practices have roots in Islam. What was Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, doing when he received the first revelation? He was meditating in a cave called Hira. Meditation is not new to Muslims. Being mindful about Allah is not new. Muslims have meditated and practiced mindfulness for centuries. We should be able to find time each day to talk to Allah. We may lie to each other about what's going on in our lives. We may even lie to ourselves, but Allah knows the truth. Even before we say it, Allah knows. We can ask Allah for anything. He has promised us a victory for that which is righteous. But if we are not making salat, we are rejecting the very gift Allah has only for the believers who submit in prayer. We ignore our salat and then one day wonder, how in the world did I get into this mess? Or, how did it happen to me? Without Allah's guidance, we don't know where we'll end up. Let's rethink this for Ramadan. Instead of finding every reason why we can't pray, let's look at prayer as a jackpot full of blessings. Prayer is a gift from Allah for all of his servants, the disobedient, the men, the women, the rich, and the poor. It reminds us our mission in life is to worship Allah. Make today your best day for Salat. Be a member of the five-a-day club. Allah will bless you with a focus to know where you're going and what you should be doing. That is the fast fact. Acts of worship are for Allah, but we reap all the benefits. Since the beginning of Ramadan, we've had tens of thousands of listeners and downloads of this podcast from all around the world. The top countries listening include UK, Canada, Jamaica, and Ghana. Welcome to all our listeners, and we thank Allah over and over for the opportunity to serve. You can listen to our replays also by going to wherever you can find podcasts. Search for Ramadan, the Umar Reflects, or listen to a replay on the website, www.theumareflex.com or on soundcloud.com. Search for Ramadan Prayer Line, all one word. Thank you for listening. Islam is not the problem. Islam is the answer. As-salamu alaykum. Rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam, Sister Nisa. Thank you for the Nisa report and the fast fact. All right, my brothers and sisters, we are on day four, and our reading today starts with chapter three, verse 93 through chapter 4, verse 23. Surah 3, verse 93 through Surah 4, ayat 23. Now we will ask our brother once again, would he bless us and close us with prayer? Our brother Abdul Shaheed Muhammad, brother Shaheed. Assalamu alaikum, dear family. Ramadan Mubarak. 
And let us close with prayer. Kul a'udhu billahi minashaytanirwajim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Ar-Rahmanir-Rahim Maliki Yawmiddin Iyaka na'abudu wa iyaka nasta'in Ihdina siratal mustaqin Siratal ladina an'amta alayhim Ghayril magdubi alayhim waladwalin. Our Lord, do not punish us if we forget or make a mistake. Our Lord, do not lay on us a burden as thou did lay on those before us. Our Lord, do not impose upon us that which we have not the strength to bear. And pardon us and grant us protection and have mercy on us. Thou art our protector, so help us against the unbelieving people. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Shaheed, for your prayers with us this morning. As we close, dear brothers and sisters, we close on behalf of our guest speaker today, Imam Abdul Salam Muhammad. And his family, we thank Allah for his beautiful words with us this morning. And his family, we thank the believers there, Muhammad Mas, number six, and the wonderful work that they are doing. The beautiful captain there, and he knows why I always shout him out. I thank you, brother captain, for that, what you have done for me and my family. On behalf of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and his family, we thank Allah for each for them and thank Allah for him and what he is doing and has done. I wouldn't be standing here with you talking to you were it not for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Ma'am Salam would not be if it were not for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We thank you, dear Minister, for what you have done and are doing. On behalf of the Executive Council and their families, and we thank Allah for each and every one of them for assisting and helping and aiding the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and the Nation of Islam and all that you do and are doing. On behalf of the ministers and imams throughout this country who are spreading this mighty word of Islam, and I say to them, and we thank Allah for each and every one of you and your families, and I say to my brother ministers and my brother imams, preach hard today, brother imam and ministers, preach hard. On behalf of my co-hosts, brother Akbar, sister Nisa, brother Jalil, brother Shahid, we thank Allah for all of you and your families for assisting in making this program what it is. On behalf of the mighty men of Islam who go out with the final call newspaper, from beautiful sisters who help in building this nation on behalf of each and every one of you on this line or that are listening to this program, let me leave you with the greeting words of peace. Inshallah, we'll be talking again tomorrow Assalamu alaikum. Subhanallah. Walhamdulillah. Wala ilaha illallah. Wallahu akbar.
Yeah. 